It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to the CHGO Fire podcast. A fun week, huh? Two wins, a new designated player. What does it all mean? That's what we are here to talk about today. I'm Alex Campbell, and I am joined once again by Guillermo Rivera. Guillermo, thanks for coming back on the CHGO Fire podcast. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, lots to get to. Uh, the first consecutive game road wins in, in 10 years. This is not a thing the team does often. The Only the second time in the last 10 years, the team won two road games in a row, and the other one was last season. They won two road games in a three-game span, so plenty to celebrate. We will get, as I mentioned, to the Usman Dumbias signing later. There's a lot of interesting wrinkles there in addition to just the player himself. But first, Guillermo, I think we've got to take the games in order. And a disclaimer on this one, I had to catch up on the Portland win, Chicago 2, Portland 1. As I was in Idaho, actually only technically one state away when this game was going on out in the Pacific Northwest. Um, big note ahead of this one was no shirt on Shakiri. He was on international duty with Switzerland where he had quite a nice assist. So Brian Gutierrez was joined by Fabian Herbers and Jairo Torres in the attacking midfield. We've got a Seves at left back. And I think this was going to be interesting mostly not only to see what we're going to get from a Seves, but we've seen a lot of the width being provided by Marin Holly Selassie on that right side. And so this group, and we saw this kind of over the two games, this group provides a bit more of a, a fluid attacking yes. group. We've seen that between Gucci and Shakiri, but it was interesting to see three guys who pretty clearly all had the license to kind of interchange with each other. Yeah, I thought spacing was better. The, the overall flow, like you said, was better. Um, I, I, I don't know that that's more due to uh, Gutierrez playing uh, centrally as sort of that uh, that number 10 role. Um, he may be a better fit than Shakiri um, for that, like we've talked about before. Um, I, they, I, I thought it was, uh, like I said earlier, they were, there was more flow to uh, to their game and the attacking end. And we see that really, really early. The fire score in the eighth minute. It's a nice scooped ball over the top by Gaston Jimenez. All sorts of space for Brian Gutierrez to run into there. Great cutback from Guti. Casper Shabilko's run across the box distracts both center backs. And Fabian Herbers is there just to slam that ball in, kind of a slam dunk of a goal. And... You know, you, you touched on it there. That was some really, really nice soccer from the fire there. Lots of good player movement. And Gutierrez, again, showing why he's been so exciting this season. Yeah, and Herbers does seem to be uh, more effective and sort of an, uh, more of an advanced attacker. Uh, he has, uh, over the, his course of uh, his career with the fire, he has, uh, he has been uh, 
proven that he can uh, he can come through with timely goals. Uh, he's a, he's a quality MLS uh, type uh, journeyman, and maybe journeyman's a he's a little bit better than journeyman. But he's a quality uh, MLS level player. And again, good things happen when Fabian Herbers plays further up the field rather than as a defensive midfielder, as we have covered on this show before. Also, having after this game and even before the Kansas City game, watching the uh, the fire play, excuse me, watching the U.S. Men's National Team C team, if we will, play at Soldier Field, I uh, can't help but feeling that Brian Gutierrez could have been an asset to that team. Certainly, could have produced more out there than some of the options the U.S. Uh, the U.S. went with. You, you got to keep feeling that a national team debut for Guti isn't that far away. Uh, Portland almost equalized immediately in this game as they walked right through the middle of the Fire's midfield and defense. That would become a bit of a theme. Great save by Chris Brady in the 12th minute. This was his first game back after a couple games injured with just a really nasty, I don't know, what are we calling it? A gash, a welt, a, a wound on his forehead there. And it's great to see him not only continue to make good <laughs> saves, but that's that was a reassuring moment that he was more than ready to be back between the sticks in this one. Yeah, I, I, um, he had some struggles, as you would expect from a 19- or 20-year-old goalkeeper, but slowly I had those same issues early last year as well. Um, there's going to be some growing pains. I think Brady uh, is eventually going to be a uh, quality MLS starting goalkeeper if he uh, if he doesn't uh, end up being better than that. Um, but, yeah, you've got to give him some time. You've got to expect that if you've got a 19- or 20-year-old goalkeeper, there's going to be some growing pains. Speaking of giving people time to improve in the 14th minute, this is just a good reason to talk about him. Aceves has a great goal line clearance. And I don't know about you, Guillermo, the first couple times he played for the fire, I was pretty skeptical that he was anything but Miguel Navarro 2.0. Looked like a guy who was pretty comfortable going forward, had some pace, could whip a nice cross in, but really wasn't going to be defensively the solution they needed at that spot. But these last couple of games, these last couple of times we've seen him, it's starting. We're starting to see the player, the fire signed and, you know, and the promise that was attached to him when, when they picked him up. Yeah. Anytime you bring in new players, particularly from uh, other countries, it does, there is some adjustment period and you kind of forget that, Hey, these guys are, are uh, they're human. They're not they're robots or it's not FIFA uh, where you can just plug the guy in and he automatically uh, plays up to his rating. Sometimes it takes a, a little bit of an adjustment period before you start to see a full potential. You're, you're starting to see some of that from Aceves, I think. Yeah, I, I think you're right there. Absolutely. Um, so the Portland walking through the defense thing that I mentioned continues, and eventually the fire are breached in the 26th minute. Moreno uh, has just way too much time to play this pass. Bully makes a great run. I don't honestly think there's anything Shehos or Brady could have done here. He just runs onto this ball, and before he can blink, it's in the back of the net. Um, not a whole lot of notes here other than the midfield's got to step up to put more pressure on Moreno making that pass, but this just kind of felt like I got a tip-your-cap moment with Bowley somehow finding the space to slot this home. Yeah, I mean, sometimes uh, the other team just makes a better play. And then after this, we get Jairo Torres with a quick chance to retake the lead. Um, you know, he he – just gets into a great position. He's wide open. He hits his shot right at David Bingham in the Portland goal. And I guess this is a chance to talk about Hiro. We feel like he probably should have had enough time by now to settle back in and come back from that injury that he unfortunately sustained in the opening week of the season. Guillermo, where are you on Jairo Torres? Because at this point, I just kind of shrug, and I feel like he is quickly entering the 
the realm of player who will not be sticking around if there's a a regime change. Yeah, you're almost hesitant to make a full uh, position on him last year uh, because of injury. And uh, like I said, there's uh, some time needed to adapt if you're coming over. Um, But again, if you're bringing in uh, a guy who's going to take up a dozen player spot, at some point you have to expect results. And it's uh, been over a year into uh, his time with the fire injuries included. Uh, It seems like at times he's trying too hard or uh, he just doesn't seem to be uh, within the flow of the offense. It's, uh, I mean, as a designated player, uh, you can't afford that sort of uh, learning curve. Uh, Maybe if you, if you, if you're a, uh, a, picking up an international spot or a TAM spot, you can sort of live with that. Uh, But we've talked about this before. You just cannot have misses on a designated player. And at this point, it looks like uh, Torres is a clear miss. Yeah, unless they can do kind of what they did with Gaston Jimenez and restructure his contract in a way to free that spot up. It's hard to see Jairo Torres' time with the fire, unless something changes uh, going beyond his current contract. We will mention him briefly. He gets another good chance in the Sporting Kansas City game over the weekend. Uh, This game then devolves into what our friend Brian Sandalo of the Chicago Sun-Times calls whatevering for about a good 50 minutes of gameplay. And then at the end of that, we get the game winner. Kai Kamara scores. Uh, Brian Gutierrez, speaking of midfielders being given too much time to pick out a pass, all the time in the world, loops a great cross to the back post. And talking about dunking for a goal, I think it's Portland's left back just gets absolutely dunked on here by Kai Kamara, who puts his head through the ball, 2-1 fire, and this just is out of nowhere. This is Kai Kamara coming on late in the game to try to be a difference maker. Gutierrez just hitting a good ball, and, you know, again, this is this is what you get when you have, as we'll talk about here in a moment, one of the greatest goal scorers in MLS history. He's just the guy who's going to turn up with these big goals once in a while. Yeah, he's, he's a guy who's, over the course of his career, he's just found a way to score. He knows how to get himself into position, and he continues to do it. Uh, I, I think I saw something... Um, yesterday about Garber potentially adding him to the all-star game as sort of the commissioner's pick. Um, and the guy, like you said, is he's a goal away from uh, Landon Donovan on, uh, on the all-time goal scorers uh, uh, mark. So uh, he's like a professional scorer and that's what you expect from Kai Kamara. Eventually, uh, eventually he's worn out, as, worn out as welcome at several teams, but the guy continues to score. Yeah, we've got a, we've actually got a graphic to look at the where Kai Kamara currently stands in that top five of all time. He's one behind Landon Donovan. Chris Wondolowski at 171 seems a bit out of reach from Kamara at 144, but an incredibly distinguished career. Again, a guy who's bounced around a lot of teams. Um, you know, is this his last year? Maybe. Maybe he's got one more year in him after this. The All-Star Game could be a really cool experience for him to receive some sort of recognition for just the contribution he has made to this league. And it, it seems likely that he's going to tie and maybe pass Landon Donovan here at some point. And that'll probably be a pretty big occasion, you'd have to say, given the status Donovan holds, certainly within Major League Soccer. Yeah, the MVP trophy is named that for Landon Donovan. So that, that that's a substantial achievement in MLS. Yeah, can we get a, uh, get a, like a Kai Kamara Lifetime Achievement Award in Major League <laughs> Soccer going forward, you know, maybe somebody like uh, Tim Melia, the goalkeeper in, in Kansas City, could be uh, a nominee for something like that. There's a few other guys, like just guys who were never MVP caliber players, but have been really good for a long time and been 
you know, instrumental over the growth of Major League Soccer. Just an idea if they ever wanted to uh, found an award like that. Uh, This game wasn't quite over. We had a very strange moment, maybe the quickest VAR reversal I've ever seen. Uh, In the 89th minute, Rafa Shihos is sent Mm -hmm. off for a dog-so red card on what was very, very, very clearly a clean challenge. Portland didn't offer any complaint. Everyone was confused when this red card came out. Uh, The referee trotted over to the monitor, looked at it for about three seconds, turned around, patted his chest, said, my bad, wiped away the red card, and and, and on we went. Um, So that was a a very odd interaction. Uh, Portland had a few last-ditch efforts, didn't do a whole lot, and the fire, unbelievably, for the first time ever, win a game in Portland, Oregon. Um, It is very funny to say that in the year 2023, given that the fire have been around since the mid-90s and the Timbers have been around for a couple of decades longer than that. They well precede the fire, even if they didn't in Major League Soccer. So I guess the uh, the fire, much like I did in my travels this week, going to a couple of new states for the first time, the fire can check off that they have won a game in the state of Oregon for the first time in their history. So maybe that's something to celebrate. Portland is a fantastic place to watch a, a soccer game in as well. The stadium is great. The, the crowd is fantastic. It's, 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 a, it's a fantastic atmosphere. A Fotos Pazakos missed call is not uncommon, but he acknowledged it quickly. He pointed to himself. It my fault didn't take him very long. So credit to Pazakos for realizing he made a mistake. And that is what VAR is for. I know we all have our, our qualms about it at times, <laughs> but that was a pretty textbook example of, I, I, I think if, if uh, IFAB, the international body who makes the rules of the sport, wants to just put a little like video next to the, the definition of clear and obvious error, they could just put this little clip from the Fire versus Portland game being that this is what clear and obvious looks like. This is why we have these rules. Well, if one road win wasn't enough, how about two? And we will get to that in a minute right after I tell you about one of our new sponsors here at CHGO, and that is Shady Rays, where you can use code CHGO for a great 50% off deal. Take on the sun with gear that is built to last. Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered in this warm and Oddly smoky weather at the moment with premium polarized shades at an affordable price. They are an independent sunglass company offering a world-class product. They're just as good as that couple hundred dollar pair that you've worn before. And if you're like me, maybe lost one or two pairs of and felt kind of bad about. Durable frames, extremely clear optics for all your outdoor adventures. And Shady Rays also offers the most insane protection in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by a lost and broken replacement guarantee and Again, that's something that sounds very appealing if you are someone like me. So if you lose or break a pair, even on day one, they will send you a brand new pair, no questions asked, asked, and you can wear your Shady Rays with confidence because they have your back. Or if you don't love your Shady Rays, exchange for a new pair or return them for free within 30 days. There is no risk when you shop. Their team always has your back. Exclusively for CHGO listeners, Shady Rays is giving out their best deal of the season. Go to ShadyRays.com. And use code CHGO for 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself the Shays rated five stars by over 250,000 people. Shady Rays Independence Day sale is live right now. Go to ShadyRays.com and get up to 50% off single pairs of sunglasses as well. So try for yourself the Shades rated five stars and use code CHGO for 50% off. Chicago Fire 1. Sporting KC zero, a very exciting day for Kai Kamara in particular. For those who aren't aware, 
His family lives in Kansas City. That is his adoptive home in the United States, of course, originally from Sierra Leone, but Kansas City was kind of the club, I guess, where he put down the strongest roots. So a bit of a homecoming for Kakamara. He gets to start this game. Him coming in for Casper Shabilko was the only change to the lineup. And, man, the Fire Socials team highlighted it going into this game. This was not a fun atmosphere to play soccer in. It was um, it was an oven. Um, Kansas City, of course, famous for their barbecue. You could have smoked a rack of ribs out at Children's Mercy Park on Saturday because, my goodness, I think it was – 95 was the real temperature, but the feel was over 100 degrees. Um, playing in the smoke that's currently out here in Chicago would, would maybe be worse, but not all that much worse compared to the heat these guys were playing in out in KC over the weekend. Yeah, that's part of the challenge of MLS. You're going to play in some uh, really difficult atmosphere, uh, uh, places uh, in the middle of the summer. Uh, that's uh, that's part of the league. Uh, Kansas City, it's one of those places. It's in the Midwest, it's going to be hot. It's going to be humid. You're going to get ugly games. Yeah, and so maybe the weather wasn't ideal. Also not ideal. With Kansas City's attacking play this season, um, they've got some talent in that front three. Daniel Shalloy, uh, Alan Polito, and Johnny Russell. On paper, that is the best part of their team. And they were pretty good pressing the fire in this game. But, man, this team can't score goals. And you <laughs> saw why throughout this game. They had plenty of the ball, and they would do a whole lot not with it. Uh, so the Fire start this game okay. Gutierrez has one decent early chance. The first real exciting moment is in the 23rd minute, minute a acrobatic save, I'd say, from Chris Brady on a curling Allen Polito shot. But this is one of those, Guillermo, that I think um, it looks really cool on a highlight reel, but I think Chris Brady would probably tell you it wasn't in his top five or maybe even ten uh, difficulty saves of the season. Yeah, it's probably one of those you expect your starting goal, goal, goalkeeper to make. Right. Again, these are two teams, uh, Portland and Kansas City, that are in sort of the same place that their fire are. They're uh, sort of middling teams with a little bit of talent, but they're just outside the playoff line. They're all just kind of bunched in there. That's your typical sort of bottom of the table MLS where anyone can win, and certainly that proved out. Yeah, and, you know, when you've only got to be the ninth best team in your conference, these are the type right. of games that if you win can create some uh, some really good improvement in your chances. Shout out to Miguel in the comments. Kai Kamara is the Gigi Buffon of MLS strikers. I think that's a, I think that's a pretty pretty good comparison. Now, the only thing he's he'd have left to do there is to drop down to the second tier somewhere, in, I guess, in the USL championship and go go get a team. Uh, can't get promoted, so maybe he can go to England and go get a team promoted or or something, Gigi Buffon still playing for Parma at the age of like 46 or whatever he is now. <laughs> um, the Fire give up a huge chance in the 35th minute. Mauricio Pineda, for some reason, tries to dribble out of the Fire's own penalty area. Um, and then Voltaire, who picks it up for Portland, just is five feet in front of Brady and somehow smashes it wide of the near post. So the Fire escape there. And then in the 37th minute, here's the Jairo Torres chance I, met, I alluded to earlier. He lays off the ball for Kai Kamara, makes a good run inside. Kamara does well to find him, and then he just hits a first-time effort right at the goal. And again, this is kind of seeing the best of Jairo Torres, I think. Those combining moments, he's able to be fluid and help and get into good positions. It's just, you know, to your point earlier, Guillermo, if you're going to have that designated player tag, you need to be contributing to the goals and assists. And it seems like he's just one of these players who once he hits that 18-yard box, it just kind of slowly falls apart. Yeah, and it's been a struggle and not having uh, Haley Selassie in, in that spot. 
I think takes away from uh, what they can do offensively. Yeah, Marin, uh, I guess the read on him is that he's not 100% fit yet. After missing a couple of games injured, he's now been on the bench uh, for a couple of games, but we still haven't seen him get back to full game fitness apparently yet. That certainly, I think, would be a boost to the fire, though. They proved to figure out a way without both he and Shakiri to make their way through this game. Shakiri did begin this game on the bench. Right at the end of the first half, Gutierrez with another good effort. Um, he's really developed a liking for these top corner of the 18, try to curl it with my right foot shots. Um, he hasn't scored any of them yet, but you got to figure, I think we're, we're in for at least matter one or time. two of these a game until one, until they start going in. Yeah, it's a matter of time. Uh, Gutierrez has shown that he's uh, definitely going to be at least a, a quality MLS starter. Yeah, kind of like Chris Brady. Like, I think we're at a point with both of them where the floor on them is pretty clear. The floor is yeah. quality MLS starter, going to get called into some men's national team January camp as yep. high-level MLS guys. That's that's the floor. And then above that is clearly, you know, moves to Europe at a relatively young age, making lots right. of money for the fire, which, again, guys who could be helped by, I mentioned it a couple weeks ago, that recent change in the U.K., which has upgraded – how they rate Major League Soccer. It was like a fourth-level league in their uh, immigration rules for footballers. It is now a third-level league. Uh, so I think it's now on the same level as, like, um, Brazil, I believe, is in this tier, and there's a, some of the lower European leagues are in this tier that makes it a lot easier now. You don't need quite as many points in this system in order to make a transfer to England in particular, which was relevant to some random Manchester United rumors a few months ago. Don't know what that was about. There was also a rumor connecting them to USA international Taylor Booth, who's currently playing in uh, the Netherlands, who's not at that level either. So I don't know who at Manchester United is talking to people about young American talents who aren't good enough to play for Manchester United, but I digress. Coming out of halftime, the fire start the second half, like they started the first half of the Portland game. Yeah. We get an immediate goal. Jairo Torres gets to the end line. He zips the ball across and a bad clearance falls right to Fabian Herbers. And this goal looks a lot like his goal from the Portland game, Guillermo. Right. He just puts his foot through it, thumps it into the back of the net. It hits the goalkeeper on its way through, but the power too much on it. And once again, Fabian Herbers looking like a, uh, a certified fox in the box showing up in these moments to just clean up the garbage. Yeah, he, he does find a way to get himself in dangerous spots when he's in the more advanced uh, position. So, uh, credit to Fabian Herbers, like we talked about before, another guy who is a uh, a, a a guy that I think most most MLS teams would have uh, would like to have on their side. Absolutely, and he is the longest tenured Fire player. I think we mentioned this earlier That's in the crazy. season on the show. If you go and look up his transfer marked history, like his transfer history, he is the only current player on the Fire roster who joined the team with the old Firehouse logo still being used. Um, he's, he's the only player in the roster who, when he moved to the fire, that was the logo the team was using. So it tells you a lot about roster turnover. But yeah, he's yeah. Fabi's just a good dude. I mean, anybody who's interacted with Fabi and Herbers knows he's even a better person than he is a soccer player. One of just one of the truly nice guys around Major League Soccer was disappointed when Z Soccer Pod with he and Julian Gressel was a uh, was brought to an end because really enjoyed hearing those guys' takes on all things going on in the league, but. Maybe that's the sort of thing we'll see them revive when one or both of them is out of the league. Dax McCarty, former fire captain, has a podcast now. That's a good listen as well. Yep. Fabian's in that in that same uh, category, I would say, of guys whose thoughts on day-to-day -day life in the league are really interesting and 
whose perspective I think people really appreciate hearing. Yeah, no surprise that McCarty has an Instagram podcast. He uh, seems destined for uh, a, a booth somewhere along the line when he's done. Yeah, a booth, a sideline. Again, talk about you know one of the good guys in Major League Soccer. You're not going to hear anybody say a bad thing about Dax McCarty. And yep. he, he is missing Chicago both on and off the field. Um, the rest of this second half, Guillermo, was not particularly interesting. Uh, Kansas City dominate most of the possession. And going back to what I was saying earlier, they don't do anything with it. I mean, the fire aren't really bothered much at all for the final 40 minutes of this game. The fire are almost to see how to win. And as I mentioned, got to be careful on the wording here because it's specific. This is the first time since 2013 that the fire played two away matches in a row. So no home match in between back-to-back away matches and won them both. I was scrolling back in time through results. I'm like, have they ever done this before? And then yes, eventually 2013, I believe against it was DC United and I'm going to forget the other one. I want to say Real Salt Lake, but I'm not positive on that one. And so, yeah, this is, I mean, it's, it's even in like Chicago fan circles, it's become kind of a meme that if you lose to the fire when you're the home team, like there is almost no greater insult in Major League Soccer than to lose at home to the Chicago fire. But, you know, we, we want to believe that this is going to build to some sort of momentum. But, man, a three-game road trip and six points in the bag, I mean, I think anybody would have gladly taken that from the trip before we, before we started this three-game run. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Every game, particularly uh, games against the Eastern Conference, are very important now just because they've struggled so much early on at home. Uh, so the fact that they've been able to pick up six points on the road is uh, really important for them to stay in the race. I think uh, the winning on the road in MLS is difficult. It's difficult for everybody. I think the, the top team on the road has five wins. There are a couple of teams with four, another fire bunch, and with a few others at three. Uh, so it, it's not... Uh, like I said, it's not easy to win on the road, and to get two in a row is uh, it's a, they should be proud of that achievement because they they've needed to pick up points uh, just because of the uh, inability to get them at home over the course of the first half of the season. And their next game is big. You talk about winning against Eastern Conference yeah. foes, fighting for similar position. They don't have a midweek game this week, so that is a nice breather. The team is back home in Chicago, but they'll be off to Orlando next weekend orlando winless in their last three they've drawn seattle and philadelphia no shame in those results and had a loss to the revolution before that orlando are in seventh in the east the fire are in 12th but they are only separated by five points and that's another thing that this additional playoff spot brings into play excuse me is that the playoff positioning is going to go down to the last week of the season i mean we're going to be in a situation Mm -hmm. by the looks of it probably with the fire where we're going to get to the final week of the MLS season and we will have no idea who's getting into the playoffs. And so, yeah, to your point, if geez, if you could get seven points on this road trip, if they got a draw in Orlando, that's invaluable given to your point, the premium on winning on the road in major league soccer. So we'll have to keep our eyes out for that. You know, it's, I don't think it's a must win or anything in Orlando. I think, you know, a win would be amazing, but again, I think this road trip has borne more than enough, fruit already and so while you won't be able to see the fire this week you will be able to see them next week and you can always get great deals on tickets to wherever you're trying to go with game time with code chgo for twenty dollars off you don't have to be stressed buying tickets to any event whether it's a soccer game this summer you know across the country we have the gold cup here in chicago this past week those games continuing to go on baseball soccer all sorts of stuff concerts 
going on across the city. And Game Time has killer deals on last minute tickets with their best price guarantee. And you can stop stressing over tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you're about to have. They've got flash deals and easy last minute tickets. And you can find tickets for any kind of event, not just sports concerts, theater, anything, you name it. Game time has you covered on last minute ticket deals. So forget planning months in advance. They've got deals and tickets right now, right up to the start of the event on the day of the event. You can buy tickets in a matter of seconds, just two taps and you're all set. And tickets are sent directly to your phone. So you don't have to go digging through your email or some other app where you have to repeatedly log in a bunch of times. So snag the tickets without the stress at game time, download the game time app, create an account and use code CHGO for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, that is code CHGO when you create an account for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. All right, Guillermo, the big off the field news of the last week, the Fire have a new designated player, kind of. Um, there's, there's, there's a lot of interesting questions that surround this. Usman Dumbia, an Ivorian 31-year-old midfielder, has been signed from sister club FC Lugano. So that relationship continues to go back and forth. I believe that's now an even two players who have been sent in each direction since Joe Mansueto has owned both clubs. Uh, this was first reported on Saturday by Tom Bogert of The Athletic. Interestingly, in a conversation with sporting director George Heights, I, I'm not sure I've ever seen a deal announced this way i mean uh, tom bogert announcing that an mls club is signing someone that's nothing new that's that's very common but to have that announcement be accompanied with a piece on the athletic of a conversation he had with george heights about the deal what did you make of this because again this is this is a bit of an unusual way to see news like this break because there's no official club announcement yet but heights is on the record talking about usman dubia and saying that it's happening yeah, a little, a little bit of an odd way to uh, make that introduction and make the announcement, but uh, I'm not sure exactly how it worked with, uh, with Tom. If that was something that he brought up to the fire, or if it was the other way around. But uh, yeah, very interesting uh, process altogether. Whether it's Lugano or uh, the designated player spot for a through the end of the season, it's uh, all quite uh, a little odd. Yeah, because there's no clarity here on what Dumbia's contract structure is after six months from now. Um, Heights kind of, you can tell Tom Boger kind of asked him about it. Uh, Heights kind of balked at it. Um, and it, it's so Heights and Dumbia are now kind of in, <clears throat> excuse me, the same boat. Um, we know they're going to be here until the end of the year. And that's about all we know. A uh, few facts on the screen here for those of you watching on YouTube about Usman Dumbia. He played in Switzerland. He's been there since 2014 initially in the second tier, but all four of the teams he spent time with have spent time in the top division. He was most recently at Lugano. And before that, he actually won the Swiss Super League with FC Zurich. He was playing for Servette, who had been relegated to the second tier just before that, jumped up a level with FC Zurich. And this past season played almost every minute for Lugano. He played almost 3,000 minutes in the Swiss Super League this season. So at the very least, Guillermo, for a fire team that seems to have trouble keeping their midfielders healthy and on the field. Dumbia is at least reliable to be available at the very least. I mean, you, you, especially in this modern age of soccer, you don't see guys racking up 3,000-minute seasons, especially in their 30s. No, that's a lot of miles. But the, the one thing that kind of struck me as odd is that uh, 
Heights described him as a sort of an eight, or he can play the holding spot, or he can play center back. Uh, it would seem to me that he is a uh, more of a like-for-like -like replacement for uh, Jimenez, who has, I thought, been decent this year. Um, you know, he's, he's uh, I, I don't know if that's the result of lowering expectations because he's no longer a designated player, but I think he's been uh, one of the most consistent players when he's been on the field this year. Um, I mean, it's odd to bring in a designated player from that spot because that's not um, uh, that's not the spot that uh, I, I think is the most pressing for them right now, and it's not the spot that uh, a lot of designated players take up in MLS. Yeah, and Heights acknowledged that. He said in the conversation, he's like, you know, when, you, when we think of designated players, we think of attacking players. And so he's like, yeah, this." he admitted this is not a usual designated player. We'll get more into that yeah. in a second <laughs> because I, I think we both found some of Heights's comments that weren't really Dumbia specific to be very interesting. Um, my thought actually was that he might be uh, trouble for Fetty Navarro. We've talked on the CHGO Fire podcast this season that Fetty has not seemed to quite have had the exact same spark that he had last season, and he's been a little reckless defensively, picking up a few too many yellow cards. Again, that one sending off wasn't really a sending off, but just he seems to find himself just on the wrong side of attackers a little bit too often this season and so i think maybe that's where we're going to see him more likely play to your point guest on jimenez and we saw it on that goal in the portland game he's been pretty good in possession this season um and again when you give him a more defensive minded player next to him it certainly gives him that freedom to find those pockets of space play those passes um so let's get into the weirdness of this oh, oh one other note uh in terms of some context he is Sadu Dumbia's younger brother. Um, Apparently. Soccer fans are, especially if you were a big fan of playing FIFA, you definitely know who Sadu <laughs> Dumbia is because he was always one of those kind of underrated guys who was pretty fast and could score goals, even though he was rated like only maybe in the 70s. Um, longest career was at CSKA Moscow in the Russian League, but a guy who was an international, you know, a longtime pro. And so apparently he is Sadu's younger brother. So, yeah, in this conversation in the piece in The Athletic, which we retweeted on the CHGO Fire feed when it came out a couple days ago, so if you haven't read it, strongly recommend going and checking it out. Heights says the original plan was to sign a designated player number nine, but that Ezra Hendrickson had started shifting focus to a midfield signing, not necessarily a DP, but as a midfielder as the highest priority, and that's kind of why they went this way because Klopas still agreed that was the best move. This is was the point where the, the reasoning starts to break down because if you know you're going to sign a designated player number nine, and he then later goes on to say that Mansueto basically gave him the green light, that there was no budget, that Mansueto would spend whatever it would take to sign a designated player nine, it kind of begs why you went this route and it yeah it, it all just from from heights perspective it feels like he knows he's maybe in some hot water and thus the reasoning he's using doesn't really come out in the wash yeah i, I find that a little bit difficult to swallow uh the entire explanation for one as a head Henderson isn't uh isn't in the picture anymore so it, it shouldn't matter what uh his emphasis was uh, I mentioned that Frank Klopas um, has scouted him as well, but yeah, he, he made he did make one comment that I found curious. He said that you've always got to listen to your coaches, so he's sort of pawning off the responsibility for 
the roster or at least some part of it on the coaching staff uh, rather than um, as most of us in the media have uh, sort of uh, moved that responsibility over to uh, Heights and Sebastian Pelzer. So he's trying to make it publicly uh, apparent that, hey, it's not just me. It's the coaches who are looking at these guys as well. I thought that was odd that he uh, snuck that in there, too. Yeah, uh, it's 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 just all really bizarre. As I mentioned, his contract is up at the end of the season. Um, George Heights, that is. And yeah, my general takeaway was that this feels like the most he was allowed. Absolutely. Um, Joe Mansueto is willing to spend whatever it takes on a designated player number nine, but just not right now. That kind of feels like the unspoken part of this because it, it feels like if we go into the scenario where Heights is no longer the fire sporting director at the end of the season. Somebody new comes in in the offseason. You know, my preferred option, of course, as I've mentioned on here, would be they need to drive a Brinks truck to Jim Curtin's house and just yep. give him whatever the heck he wants. Um, whoever that new person is, this is an interesting signal, I guess you could say, by Mansueto via Heights, intentionally or not, that if, if he's replaced, whoever comes in is going to be given the green light to go fill that spot and spend who knows how much money um on that spot and the other because the other thing to watch here is the future of the mls roster rules currently seem very much up for debate with uh, the goings on in south florida um because if you can count to more than three you can count that inner miami are about to have more than three designated players again when they are still under uh yeah. sanctioned for having had five I believe, yeah. a couple of years ago so <laughs> The current structure seems a little unsustainable there. The Fire is certainly one of the teams who stand to benefits, benefit. But yeah, as Miguel says in the chat, this feels like a lame duck session for the um, for the sporting department of the Fire right now. Um, much like Dubia's contract. We'll get to the end of the season. If things go well, maybe you're still here next year. If they right. don't, or in Heights and Peltzer's case, if the decision's already been made, this is ownership making sure that any moves made now can basically be undone and forgotten about if they go poorly in, in the future. So, yeah, I mean, that that was my take is just that yeah. this feels like Heights, basically, this is the this is the biggest thing he could do. And that Doobie right. is a DP just because for roster uh, accounting reasons, classifying in him as such is just the easiest thing to do. Right. And uh, like I said, Mansueto has uh, shown that he's willing to spend uh, money or whatever it takes to get quality players in here. Uh, so he's either saying this is the only guy I could get or saying that, uh, hey, Joe Mansueto said we can spend big money on a number nine, but I couldn't find him. So here's uh, Dumbia instead. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's all very odd. It seems that, uh, like you said, this is uh, the extent of what he was allowed to do within the uh, remaining uh, portion of the season or his contract. And Dubia fills the roster spot that has been opened up by Chris Mueller being placed on season-ending injured reserve. We kind of knew that for that hamstring issue, that surgery he had uh, about a month ago now. It did sound like at the time that there was a chance he was going to be back by the end of the season, but clearly they're not going to push him too hard to risk that. And again, that's a, that's a loss for the fire to lose Chris Mueller. But again, we wish him a speedy recovery, and hopefully this will give him the time to really be fully fit and you know, slowly get back up to speed ahead of next season where he'll be expected to contribute once again. Okay, Guillermo, we have a few minutes left here. And I think I, it is always worth touching on when these things happen. 
So I mentioned the Gold Cup game that was at Soldier Field this weekend. And this was the USMNT, I think we can call it the C team. I think B team is even a little too kind. I think maybe uh, some of the players yeah. who came off the bench, like fire alumni uh, Georgie Mihailovich, could qualify as a B team player. But a lot of the starters in this game, I would not classify as that. Yeah. And they were playing a pretty strong Jamaica team that featured a fun Premier League familiar front three of Leon Bailey, Mikel Antonio, and Damari Gray. And 36,000 people showed up to Soldier Field to watch this game, including an extremely robust American Outlaws fan section. Shout out to all of those folks for clearly organizing that very well. And I, I know you are, like I am, Guillermo, one of these people who that when we see 36,000 people turn up to a soccer game at Soldier Field, it's, you know, it's a bit of a melancholy experience. On the one hand, it's cool that there's all those people locally or within distance right. of Chicago who want to go to a game. But, geez, the USMNTC team getting 36,000 and the fire averaging, what, about 14 or 15? Yeah, that just, that kind of, it, it also kind of hits you in the gut a bit. Now, to be fair, fans <laughs> might not have been confident that this was the quality of USMNT they were going to get when they bought those right. tickets. But, but still, I mean... They didn't open up the whole upper deck, but there was a pretty decent sized crowd out there. And again, it's just another reminder that, hey, you don't even need the Mexican national team in town to put those kind of numbers in the stadium. Again, you just have to there, there's ways to draw all these people in that the fire just for one reason or another can't tap into. Well, it's, it just comes down to to winning. I think the audience is there in the market. It's just a matter of uh, the fire just haven't been able to capitalize that market for over or over a decade. And I, I know that we need to go over the, the missteps uh, over the last 10, 12 years, but the market is there. And, you know, part of that crowd at, at, uh, at Soldier Field for this game, I, I think, carried over from some excitement uh, following the Nations League win over Mexico. So the U.S. looked uh, fantastic in that match. And uh, I can see um, U.S. fans wanting to come in and see that uh, a, a U.S. team and maybe not expecting a C team. Uh, but that's exactly, that's, that's exactly what it was. It was a C team and it was a uh, and it was a C team game. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, and credit to the U.S. for getting a uh, draw out of that game. I know as a, as a U.S., I guess I could call myself a, an, an, a fan always feels like the wrong word, but an admirer of the team, an observer of that team. Um there's some pretty obvious changes that need to be made, I think, ahead of that St. Kitts and Nevis game. Although, to be fair, the U.S. could roll in an F team, and they should still be beating St. Kitts and Nevis. Um, yeah, it was good to see Georgi Mihailovic back at Soldier Field. Gaga Slanina is on that team as well. Maybe we'll see him get an appearance in one of these next couple games in this tournament. I wouldn't be, uh, I wouldn't be shocked by it. But yeah, I mean, and this is also a Chicago sports theme. The fire just are further down the food chain, so it's a little more pronounced that this town will support a winner full out. When, when a team yep. wins in this town, they get people in seats. And the fire showed that the last time they were consistently really good back in 2017. You know, right. and that's Toy true. If it's Bridgeview, if it's uh, Soldier Field, it could be anywhere as long as yeah, they are Toyota Park entertaining was and winning that yep. summer. And so no, it's possible. But I mean, you even look at the baseball teams. I mean, the White Sox crowds, when they're not winning, aren't great. But when they're winning, that stadium's full. Even the right. Cubs in the last couple of years have become um, subject to this. They sold out games for years as a bad baseball team. And then eventually that just stopped happening. Um, you know, fans eventually kind of got tired of it. And, you know, we've seen it mm -hmm. with the Blackhawks um, several years shutout streak 
that ended a year or two ago, which before we get out of here, we got to mention shout out to the CHGO Blackhawks crew. They are on location in Nashville, Tennessee. Happy Connor Bedard week to all. Uh, the draft is, I believe, tomorrow night uh, down there in Nashville. You know, one. Yeah. So NBA draft last week, NHL draft this week. So be sure to follow along with everything that Jay, Greg and Mario are doing down there. Make sure you're following them and following the CHGO Blackhawks Twitter as well. They've got live shows, all sorts of fun content getting produced down there in Nashville ahead of, you know, a moment that Chicago sports needs. Uh, did, do we deserve Connor Bedard for the way that the Blackhawks blatantly tanked and weren't one of the top couple teams in the odds? No, no, we probably don't. But you know what? We're going to take it, and we're going to take it as a win for Chicago sports in any way we can. As I mentioned, the fire are off to Orlando this coming Saturday for their next game. And also another thing to watch for is that impending announcement that Kai Kamara is going to be on the all-star team. I think that actually we might get those full rosters today. Um, be nice to see Brian Gutierrez on there. Beyond that, I don't think we can have too many expectations about fire representation in that particular fixture. Fire don't have another midweek game for a while. So we've got Orlando on Saturday and Nashville at home on Saturday, July 8th. Those are the only two games between now and the next CHGO Fire podcast. And man, Guillermo, if the Fire could get a win in Orlando on Saturday, right in a three-game away winning streak back home for uh, El Daxico against Nashville, that, that, that'd be a pretty nice, uh, pretty nice boost coming back home. Yeah, if he can win three road games in a row, I, I don't know how many times that's happened. Uh, you mentioned the two in a row. I don't know when the last time three in a row happened. But, you know, one thing we didn't mention, uh, because of what happened yesterday, and you mentioned you know, your preference would be Jim Curtin at some point throwing a boatload of money at him. Bob Bat Bob Bradley became available as well. Um, Bob Bradley's there to do the fire, make a run at Bob Bradley. Yeah, I think Bob at this point, and I think Bob as a head coach in this league, I think, you know, we saw him get the uh, the Peter Vermes treatment in Toronto, where he was the, the head coach and the sporting director. I'm not yeah. sure I love that. Uh, now, I could you could definitely get me interested in a Bob Bradley sporting director Jim Curtin head coach combo that 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 would definitely pique my interest but yes former fire head coach Bob Bradley out of a job in Toronto although a lot was made that if you look at the history I didn't even realize how bad this was basically other than Greg Vanny no one's lasted more than a season and a half there ever yeah um, that's crazy Oh, and, and also, Vanny is the only one who's gotten a job in first-team management after leaving that club. Like, sure, the Fire's graveyard of coaches is a little all over the place, but, I mean, you know, Rafa Vicky's winning Swiss Super Leagues at Young Boys. Valko Panovic is managing Chivas Guadalajara. I mean, you know, it's not, like, top, 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 but, like, Fire coaches have gone on and have had decent careers with the Fire not derailing it in any way. Toronto just seems to be... A complete speed bump and you know you had the right. weird thing where lorenzo insigno was trying to get bob bradley fired despite signing less than a year ago Th that whole situation is a shame because yeah. they've got a great fan base up there they've got a great stadium and talk about a team that peaked as maybe the best team in major league soccer history in 2017 and it's just been a bumpy ride all the way down to the bottom um from, from well, there had, i mean they've had trouble keeping guys healthy uh the designated players included uh for the last year and a half as well so uh, it, it's not all been underperformance but part of that's been injury for them as well 
also, I don't think we ever talked about it on this show. The funniest thing being uh, the Italian uh, high-profile players complaining about the coach's son being on the team, uh, yeah. which is ridiculous at any professional level, but is super funny when the coach's son is Michael Bradley and said coach's son is currently in Europe recovering from an injury and doing managerial training courses. He's not even there. And again, it's right. former captain of the U.S. men's national team. Come on, guys. So, hey, Fire fans, remember that if you think – Things in our little circle of the universe are strange and odd. It, it can always be weirder, and it's probably worse somewhere else in Major League Soccer. Fire have two wins on the bounce right now. Hopefully they can keep that streak going, and we'll have lots of more just good vibes to share on the next episode of CHGO Fire. So once again, Guillermo, thank you so much for coming back on the show. Always a pleasure, sir. Thank you. I'm Alex Campbell, and I will see you in a couple of weeks.